Good morning, good morning. It's Brenda Shoshana returning for another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. You know, this really, I think I've said this before, you know, a lot, by the way, a lot of Zen practice and as well as life is repetition. The same thing over and over and over again. I think even Suzuki Roshi in his, one of the first books on Zen, the wonderful book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, he said, you must, you must learn about or enjoy the spirit of repetition. And that's a fascinating thing because usually we want change, we want excitement, we want something different, something new. We don't want to do the same thing again and again and again, and yet, and yet, and yet. Actual sitting practice, which it's so wonderful because it is pared down, very simple, and it is so deeply the spirit of repetition, doing the very same actions again and again, just like in life we do the same thing again and again. But we don't want to pay attention to it. It's boring. We want some kind of a a change. We want to get away from this repetition. So what do we do when we come in? We take off our shoes. Come into the Zendo, take off our shoes. Every time we come in, we do the same thing. We put them carefully and very neatly and mindfully on the shoe rack. Pay attention to our shoes. We take care of our shoes. We take care of everything in the world that appears to us in our practice. It's really the practice of paying a great deal of attention and mindfulness to whatever is here in front of our eyes. And often it's just the same old thing, but it's not old. (laughs) The same person. (laughs) the same breath. It's, of course, never the same, but we think everything is the same, boring, old, but our Zen practice teaches us otherwise. So then we we put our palms together, we walk into the Zendo, to the edge of the Zendo, we bow, we stop, we bow, as if to say thank you, or I'm here, you're here, to to take note of where we are, and how we are, not just where we are, but how we are at that moment. Every moment, they're not all the same. They are, they seem like the same moment, but every moment when you pay attention to it, when you do it mindfully, when you're there for it, is a different moment. And that itself is fantastically interesting. (laughs) Very interesting because that, that that mind of every moment is fresh and new even if it looks like it's the same old thing, same old relationship, same old person, but they're not the same old person. That's why so many relationships go down the drain, by the way. How interesting. We think, oh, no, not this again. I'm bored. I need something new. I need something exciting. I need something different to stimulate me. It's always about me, 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 right? It's not about the person who's right there in front of you. So, you know, we don't really see much or taste much or smell it or feel it or know much. We don't. We just know our reactions to things. That we we know. Sometimes we don't even know that. but, But do we actually know? 
are we present for whatever that activity or moment is in front of us? Usually not. So then we walk down to our cushion in the zendo, the next activity. Now, most of us, when we walk, we want to get somewhere. We're not focusing on this step. Not at all. We want to get to the cushion, sit down, or if we want to go shopping, say we want to get there, get to the store, get it over with, get back. These are chores. You know, we, we kind of receive most of our life as a chore. Get it over with, get it done as quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible, with as little trouble as possible, right? That's, that's our mindset usually. Get it over with so then I can have time to do what I really like, what I really want. What an illusion that is. By, by taking that attitude, we are missing. We are missing the very flavor of our life, the taste of our life. We're actually missing our life itself. We're racing through it to get to the next beat, the next scene, the next moment. We're tossing this step off as unimportant. That doesn't mean that much. It's just a utilitarian step to get where I'm going. Now, Zen practice is about reversing that frame of mind. Nothing is something to be used to get where you're going. Nothing at all. Every moment is precious and real and alive. And every moment, by the way, has the possibility for awakening you, enlivening you, opening your heart suddenly. I've had it happen. Others have had it happen. Many have had it happen. You never know where and when you'll become really present and available and, oh, have a moment of, oh, really? Or, oh, my. You might even have an unforgettable moment, an unforgettable moment, right in the midst of what looks absolutely ordinary, boring, routine, you know, I can't help think of one morning. It was at a session, which is of an extended period of practice, either for the whole day, the whole <coughs> weekend, the whole week, whatever. And often we used to start anyway at 5, 6 in the morning and go till 9 at night, but with sittings and walking and sitting and walking, and then a period of rest, a period to eat where served delicious meals on the cushion during these sessions, just very simple meals, but so delicious. And it was, it was breakfast time, I remember. We had just, we'd already been sitting for a couple of hours, two, two and a half hours or so. And we're sitting on the cushion, getting ready to receive our, the meal. The meal servers bring the meal. And again, that's something done with great attention, mindfulness. You, you hold the bowl out, they slowly pour the food in. It's very beautiful. You receive the food. And then you don't eat it until everybody's received their food. And then we all would eat it together. At the same moment, a little bell would ring out and then we would begin to eat our food. I'm just describing these details to show you the attention and the mindfulness <clears throat> and the care that goes into every bite and every action. And so one morning, that morning, I, I put my spoon in. To, it was a bowl of oatmeal. I 
eaten oatmeal for hundreds of times. I like oatmeal. I've eaten it many, many times, and also many times during session. But that particular moment, which looked like an ordinary moment of receiving my oatmeal, suddenly I really tasted the oatmeal for the very first time. And I began to cry. I was shocked. I was shocked at how delicious it was. And I was shocked even more deeply that I had never, ever tasted oatmeal before. Wow. It was shocking. It made, I cried and cried. I was so moved by the beauty of it and so saddened at the same time by the fact of all the meals I'd received and tasted and eaten, I'd never really tasted them before. And, you know, we can say all of the life I've lived, how much of it have I really tasted? How much have I just glommed down because I was hungry? You know, that's so, it sound, might sound silly or trivial, but it's really not. Because we say, oh, what's the meaning of our life? What am I doing here? I've got to find my purpose. You know, we get all engaged in those very abstract and complicated ideas. And we don't taste the very moment in front of us. We don't receive it. We don't know how. And that contradiction itself is so troubling, really. Because we think we're going to find the great meaning of our life, the deliciousness of it, the meaning of it, the fulfillment of it, <clears throat> and doing something very huge and important, so to speak. So to speak. <clears throat> kind of grandiose. Oh, I'll do this and it'll be important and I'll make a difference. You hear that all the time. I'm going to make a difference. That's about me, me, me making a difference. And then I'll really have fulfilled my mission or I'll feel good about myself or others will look at me as a great person. And, and that's the way we usually think. And I, from the Zen point of view, it's quite upside down. Because, you know, even after you might fulfill an enormous project or do something that you think is so significant, it's over. Sooner or later, it's over. And most of the time, either there's a craving to do more, more, better, better, keep going, an addiction to that, or there's a sense of emptiness that can follow. I remember when a play of mine, I worked for many years as a playwright, it was, this play was finally produced and blah, blah. We had a bit of rehearsals. There was so much excitement. And I'm not saying it was not beautiful to write the play and have the rehearsals and the production and so forth. It definitely was. But I, and I've had, you know, and the point is, I remember this particular time. And it was like a dream of mine to get this thing up and out and on there. It was a dream, and, I, and the audience loved it, and all of that, all of that. And I remember walking <clears throat> the next day in the neighborhood I lived in, walking to the old coffee shop for coffee, and I felt such a hollow feeling. I said, okay, okay, that's done. And there was, okay. It wasn't the same fulfillment and completion and wonder <laughs> that I felt when I actually tasted that spoonful of oatmeal. 
I never forgot that taste. Never, never, never. Mm, went right through every bone in my body. Oh, how precious and delicious everything in life is. That's what it said to me. Didn't say it in words. Nobody was standing up and clapping for the play. Nobody was clapping for the oatmeal. We should have, maybe. Uh, for the people in the kitchen who silently cooked it. Or for the wonderful zazen that preceded it, that allowed one to really taste it. They just looked like extremely ordinary moments. Repetition, same old. The cook always cooked. <laughs> the students always received the food. It was the same old, so-called, so-called. But it wasn't what made it not the same old was me. My state of receptivity at that moment to what was just a very simple and ordinary, so-called ordinary moment. Of course, the point is there are no ordinary moments. Each ordinary moment is a portal. It's a door. It beckons you into something very beautiful. And the reason we kind of focus on simplicity in the Zendo and so-called ordinary moments is to take down our all the our ex, not our expectations, but we attribute so much. Oh, a play is getting produced. Whoa, I'm so important. I'm such a good playwright, and and, and all of that added stuff. And we don't really see. You know, that's what we do with not just a play, but whatever these projects are that we contrive, we do them. I'm not saying they're not valuable and lovely, but we put so much on them. And, and we think this is where the importance of life is and the meaning of life is, and the just simple things don't count. We have to use all <clears throat> my simple moments to get there, to have that achievement and that accomplishment. And the point is you could also have that sense of fulfillment by doing a play or any other accomplishment. It's not the moment itself, it's you. It's your openness to it. It's your attentiveness to it. And it's also you disappearing in that moment. So what's most important then, what takes over your world is the taste of the oatmeal. It's not about you. It's not about you at all. You kind of disappear into the delicious taste of the moment. And when that happens, the, the feeling of, of, of appreciation, of oneness, of beauty is everlasting. It doesn't go away. It can't go away. <laughs> it beckons us <clears throat> to continue practicing and taste the next moment whenever it comes. You're not going to repeat it. Sometimes we think, oh, let me be very careful when I eat my oatmeal because this is how it's going to happen again. Not necessarily. We're not looking to repeat any moment. It's very, very interesting. Even though we have a spirit of repetition of doing the same thing again and again, we're not looking to repeat the same experience that we had a day ago doing that or the next or, the, or a week ago doing that. What we want to do is just take each moment as it is fresh and new, completely and not impose ourselves upon the moment. When we don't impose ourselves and our needs and our expectations and 
how great we are for doing it and what a difference we're making and all that, all that. When we let that all go and we don't impose that upon the moment, then every moment is such a precious moment and, and is wonderful to experience. So this is just the beginning of actually really exploring all of our very ordinary moments, so-called ordinary moments. But the moments that we repeat, again, we wake up in the morning, we go to the bathroom, we wash up, we brush our teeth, make the coffee, all those things. And we think, oh, here I am again, another day. And sometimes we just sort of slug through it. But if we take our Zen practice with us, (laughs) we become very awake and attentive. Attentive is the word. To what's happening right now. Right here, right now. And become willing, willing for it to be here and willing for it to be what it is. If, the more you do that, you know, the, the more you see what my teacher said one day during Kenyan, during walking. He said, all of a sudden, we were all doing Kenyan walking in the Zendo, and he said in a very deep voice, This step will not come again. How beautiful. He was trying to point us, wake up, pay attention. It's not just another step. This step. He didn't say all those other things. He just said, this step will not come again. This, you could say this day will not come again. So thank you for listening very much. Every day is in, every day, same day, over and over, but every moment different, new, new, really new. So you have to be new to, to allow it. Meaning the spirit of repetition, enter, enter it and see. Thank you again for listening. The URL for the podcast is zenwisdomtoday.com. And if you want to communicate with me, a question, a comment, anything at all, you can reach me at um, topspeaker at yahoo.com. Thanks again and have a beautiful day. Bye.